Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is... The elf-marked wizard that likes to be out front, Calidus Magnus Lunior. The world-tree-seeking human paladin, Caelan Vendis. The tiefling paladin, steeped in lore, Akmenis. The Asmar warlock with a strange wrist-leaf, Elbrum. And finally, a female knoll cleric that has visions of the restless prophet, Oraki. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, let's rejoin our estranged friends as they part company with the new leader of the Dogs of Bastet, Onka. The Hungry Siren, who is the benefactor that runs this new, secret, and mysterious society? The Sirens Karima and Mehmet depart with a promise to meet two days hence, and Elbrum stares after Princess Karima. He is relieved that she has no family, that he won't have to meet her parents. <laughs> oh, Elbrum. Calidus contemplates the note from Milo. To get Daryl, he needs his real stone. But how? He's given it away to the Jinborn at the Pool of Blood. Oraki? She asks an armorer to put a mirror finish on her crimson nib half-plate. What in the hell is she planning? This GM has no idea. Akmenis worries about delaying his mission. The Green Walker does not sleep. Galen, he prays. He dangles his feet in the river Nodia. And he senses something unexpected. Something delightful. Elbrum admires the floating minarets at the dome of the divine face of Bastet. As he's escorted to meet a wizened priestess about a leaf. Calidus is distracted by a strange itch that pounds within his skull. Will the Grey Company all arrive at the Pallet Court by 11 p.m. in time for their meeting? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. You start looking at who are all the possible blokes that could do that, not the least of which is, was it the Vizier that we think could possibly be dodgy or be trying to take over the world? And the other thing about this too that would be disturbing is the fact that we are about to, when we look at the options of what's available, we get dragged out of the city again. We go off to the Blood Lake, which is a week away. We go off looking for the Great Prophet. Our options are all, our options now include things that consist of traveling a long way to find something. Yep. So it's definitely improving. I guess there's even more than that too, because there was, at one point there was, Brief conversations with Fatma in the desert about the Vril Stone and yeah. its relationship to the Wind Lords. 
Of course, there's the vision of Oraki with Karima visiting the Restless Prophet. At the end of the day, the question was outside of the idol and the eye. And the fact is, is that I said it's artifact. The, re the reality is, is you guys don't know that it's an artifact. All you know is that, that the idol and the eye are two pieces of one thing. And from our point of view, it doesn't actually matter whether we know or not. It's this is what we've agreed to do. This is what we're well, chasing. I mean, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, and if we, if we, and even if it was an artifact, would we know? Because that's no. the other thing. Their rarity is so high; it would be kind of like you only, turning around now and finding a live dinosaur in your backyard and going, "Oh, look at me! I found a live dinosaur." Yeah. We wouldn't recognize it if we fell yeah. over it. And and the thing is, is all you really know is what you yourself have attuned to when you had the Grimalkan eye in your pocket. And outside of you being able to attune to it and knowing that it has an effect over your cats, the great cats, the cats and the yeah. small cats. Yeah, not that's the, all we know. Yeah, that's all you know. So that's what you do know, that the idol is related and that it's suspected that it would also be able to control the werecats the and the tabaxians and the cat folk. That's hearsay because you don't know yeah. just yet. But anyways, the point is, is clearly though, having such a... And at this point in time, we've actually, I've already forgotten. This is the thing, isn't it? Like it's, it's, it was three hours ago in game time. I was told where the, the eye was and now I've forgotten, but it's with Henna or... Yes. It's with Henna, isn't For it? For safekeeping. So they were looking at a place to be able to hide it that wasn't at Karima's place because yeah. Karima's place had already been invaded yeah. and Lieutenant Mehmet, he's got to be the lieutenant for the city guard in the hmm. the wharf district he can't be yeah specifically no, tied to yeah. it no that's okay no no i'm just saying this gap you've got that's the thing there's immediacy to it but yes as we were saying in dabu is the the restless prophet where yeah. there's some visions what does that mean the conversations with the Verlstone, it's a moot point now because you gave the Verlstone away unless unless, unless you want to go and find daryl unless you want to go find daryl and Daryl could be the key to the box because they both disappeared at the same time, didn't they? They both did disappear at the same time, that's right. So did you take the box with you when you went? Do you have it? Did mm -hmm. you see the person that took it? Can I have it back, please? All of that ties into the real yep. stone. And so Elbrum, he went up to visit with the healers at the Dome of Bastet, feeling that they've got the best ability to do that so he went in he spoke to the receptionists and they had a conversation he showed them and his showing them was enough that the receptionist was like right that's interesting because I, I thought long and hard about that like when you went in with mistress hannah she knew who to go and talk to in order to fleece their palms in order to get something and i forget how much i made you pay in order to get that forged document it wasn't cheap no, it was a fair amount. Yeah, it was a fair amount. I think it was like 500 yeah. gold or some damn thing. Anyways, this time it was just Elbrum going up there. He didn't have someone who had some agency there and who knew who to yeah. talk to. He just went up, went into the thing. I described it as looking similar to the Vatican. Like if you've ever gone into St. Saint Paul, St. Peter's Cathedral, whatever it is, it's like really spacious inside. It's mm. huge vaulted ceilings. And there's like these little statues all along the side with little altars and stuff like this. But they've got the pulpit area. No pulpit area here. This is just an extremely spacious place. Floating. Well, the, the minarets are floating yeah. outside. The minarets are floating. Floating stuff. Yep. 
which colorful you, floating which you've stuff. mentioned a number of times. You're like, I want to go and see. We've got to go back and see that again. Yeah. But anyway, so just just to look at it. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I wish you know, I I have to admit there after describing that and then you saying that you wanted to go back i was like oh you know maybe i should try to find something that looks like that someone picture that someone has done i not been describe what would obviously be yeah, like so another is, you know it's a taj mahal it's a tourist attraction it's the it's theater of the mind yeah. and, and it's probably better that way to leave it as theater because yeah, the then people you, just get to go there and go this is yeah. what i saw and yeah. i imagine that as yeah. being like one of the seven wonders of the world yeah possibly yeah. the grandest piece of architecture in the whole town indeed and the thing is, as you guys are aware, being in Perbastet, you know that the church of Bastet is, is a religion. It's the worship mm. of a god. This is the city of Bastet. This is Bastet's city. So because of that, this is where the the dome of Bastet, or the dome of the divine face of the mother, is like the Vatican. Yeah. So all other cities will have their temples, and they will have their cathedrals, but this, is, like this. this is the center of the religion. So... He so everyone was standing there with a leaf hanging out his arm, and he says to the receptionist, hey, look what I've got. Yeah, basically, can you do something? And yeah. so I was sitting there thinking about this, and, and what would that mean? How would the people react? If you just came up and like, hey, I need someone to heal me, I got this curse, pay, go. This was enough of a thing that they're like, what the fuck? It was enough that they would like, come with me. And so they actually took him out. They took him behind one of the altars where there was a priest who is also a guard, he pulls out a magic flying carpet, flies up to a minaret, and at the bottom of the minaret is a little dock, goes into the dock, and... Is Elbrun with him when he does all this? He's on the carpet. He's on the carpet, yep. yeah. He by himself, with, with the receptionist. She takes yeah. him up there. She goes up at the end of the dock. There is a door with a little slider on it. She goes, she knocks, she chats with someone for a bit, and this wise and old cat folk lady comes out and starts having a conversation with him, and then fade scene, we move on to talk to one of the other ones. And that was where we left it with Elbrum. So he's basically on the dock of one of the min- one of the minarets that is floating. And so I at said, this point, it's we floating. know that it's serious. I said, I think I said it was floating twenty five feet above the ground, and that the minaret was fifty feet higher. Yeah. So he's going there, and that's that. Then Akmenus, he again, new player brought in. His tie in was again the whole refugee business, the Tuscali. That's his tie in. That's what he cares about. He specifically asked a question at the end of the session where he was like, is my city at war with Nuria Natal or is there, is it good relations? And I was like, these are what is common knowledge. For example, everybody's aware of the Green Walker. The Green Walker is in the Kush jungle and has been around for the last two or 300 years. And it's been slowly corrupting and converting the jungle. In fact, I don't know if this part is common knowledge, how the Green Walker was born. I don't know if that is common knowledge. It would be for Ekmenes's character, but not for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It might be for, if depending on what your studies are, you might have read something about it. I've but, read everything. Yeah, I know everything. No, I'm, 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 <laughs> I've read I'm everything. I know everything. I've got, I've got stupid yes, yes. I just, don't, I just don't remember it. <laughs> so sometimes I need to ask you for help. <laughs> I need to roll and see if my history check... <laughs> Yes. Did I did I read a book about this? Yes. I'm sure I've read a book about this somewhere. Let me roll a one. Yep. Yeah. You did read a book? Yes, you found the first page terribly boring and yeah, you just put it this down. This one didn't have cartoons in it, so you yeah, put it back yeah. down. Uh, you read a book and then realized that the, the chair you were sitting on wasn't sitting properly and the book was just the right height to put under the leg to stop it from wobbling. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's one you, of those. The, the yeah. papers in the book were too white, and you tended to read in the sunshine, and then you you'd make you tired every t- you couldn't oh, get past the first asleep. page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love doing stuff like that with low rolls just coming up on Twitter. There's this guy who all his tweets are. Someone needs to do something, and it's a DC 15, and they roll a DC 6. What happens? And every once in a while, I'll put an answer to it, and I'll be like, just ridiculous <laughs> stuff. Like, he, this guy needs to stealth uh, to get past the nobleman. He needs a DC 7 to get past. And, and I'll be like, if you need a DC 7, and that's what you roll, then you're stealthy. He's sneaking past the nobleman, and the nobleman has no idea that he's there. Then all of a sudden, he notices that the nobleman is munching on a Cinnabon. And he's like, shit. Hey, how you doing there, Gary the Nobleman? Can I have some of that? <laughs> <laughs> I just like this messing oh, with that because yeah. I mean that's the thing. Skill checks and describing that stuff. Like that's one of the things we talked about before. I enjoy in Fantasy Grounds being able to turn off the hang on, how did we get distracted onto this? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, who knows? Oh, because the books, the books yeah. and whatnot. Go back to the minaret. He's in the minaret. So he's in the minaret. And then you're coming back to and then um, Akmenis, so he was curious about, is there conflict between Nuri and Atal and where he's from? And there's not. So I don't know why he asked that question. I guess he's going to admit something to you guys in the next session or something like that. But anyways, he wanted to go to the library because he is trying to learn as much as possible about the Tuscali. And he just wants to know more. So he wanted to go yep. to the library you just went with Oraki because you were exhausted and everybody's like, yeah, he, he cares about his spell slot. So he, he'll probably just want to go to sleep. Yeah. So you went he back actually, to the He actually wants to do two things. He wants to go to sleep and grab the other spell book that he's got lying yeah, around you, and learn a bit more stuff. Yeah. Cause that other spell book, you would need to transcribe that stuff into. Yeah. Which costs yep. money and. Yep. yep. So you went back, you were sleeping there. Oraki then went and grabbed her half plate, her crimson nib half plate and she took it to the Grand Souk, which is the big, the big marketplace that's not far from where you are, because she wants to get it polished. And I'm just like, all right. Has she used it? Has it been hit? Oh, yeah. It's, it's been hit enough. Her first tour down to the Growling Sanctuary, it was hit enough that by the time you left, it fell off. So she's oh, not okay. able to wear it anymore. So she wanted to take it, and I was like, is she going to try to sell it? No, no. She says, can you polish this up? And they look at her like, yeah. polishing up the bits that she can't use. 15 silver pieces to polish it. And she's like, can you polish off the crimson nib insignia? Well, no, that's not possible. And she's like, well, why not? You don't think people have tried to get rid of the crimson nib logo and figure out what the hell they do with their stuff in order to sell it so cheap? No. Polish it I can do. Not much else. Grind it off. It's magical. The Crimson Nib logo is magical. <laughs> you can grind it off here, but it's going to reappear somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it'll reappear on your chest. <laughs> the or the wonderful thing about Crimson Nib armor mm. or Crimson Nib products is that, yeah, even though you can grind Keep off the, the serial number and all the rest of it, the one thing that you can't get rid of is the logo. <laughs> the logo. That's yeah, exactly it right. It just keeps moving. It just stays. <laughs> yeah, you, every time you try to, <laughs> to grind it, it moves to a new location. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wonderful. That, that is such a wonderful concept, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to so, grind this bit here. He so you grind out the you grind out this bit here, and then so you grind a hole, and it's down there. And so the more you grind bits out, the smaller the piece of metal becomes, yeah. until eventually there's nothing but a very small piece of metal yeah. with the crimson with the logo symbols, on it. Yeah, yeah. and because you frame yeah. it. But yeah, I have no idea. Like I was just like, well, I get sure. That. And and as like out of character, I'm so curious what the hell you're doing, Oraki. <laughs> well, sure, okay. 
I created a thing on the armorer's inventory yeah. saying polishing service and then 15 silver pieces to do that. So he's getting it polished and he's got to come back in a, in a day to pick it up. And Caitlin, he felt the need that he needed to go and pray and he wanted to be out on the river. So I was like, okay, you're out dangling your feet in the river. And I was like, what are you praying about? Who are you praying to? And he had a prayer that he posted in the chat window of Fantasy Grounds, a big prayer of yeah. the stuff that he's going to pray. And I was like, all right. Okay, so he's been thinking about wow. his character quite a bit. So he's like, I'm saying this prayer. And he says, I want to face the world tree that I know of that's in the Northwest. And I was like, okay, roll me a, a perception check. And he rolled high. And I was like, all right, as you're praying and you're focusing on the world tree, where your oaths are tied to, where your tenets are tied to, as you're focusing and you're thinking like how Muslims pray towards Mecca, yep. same idea, you start feeling another sensation and the sensation is identical to the world tree that you know except this is coming from the south Ooh. and he's like is it like next door south like just a couple blocks away and i was like his perception score was 20 plus something and i was just like you know that or i think i maybe i had him do an arcana or something like this and i was like you know that you have the feeling of where your world tree is you can sense you have that sense of where it is and you have a sense of the distance because previously so your it, prayers were yeah. closer and you know that there's a sense of distance. You have an equal sense of what you feel to the south, but it's not as far as what is to the north. And he's just, he gets really excited about that. Ooh. So everybody basically, they took their moments to go off into their different directions because they have stuff they wanted to do with the agreed upon... It's, it's interesting now because you've now got a seven-way party split that could work quite happily. Yep. Everybody's just going to go, I'm just going to go and do my own thing now. Yep. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to find a real stone so I can get Daryl back. <laughs> <laughs> Elrum's going to get his arm fixed. Well, Kalen's going to go off to the south. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I mean, Iraq has got was... his own special plan. It was all agreed upon that everybody would be back and meeting at the pallet court by at least 10 or 11 p.m. at night. Time to go to the... Yeah. Are we going to meet at the pallet court or are we meeting back That's at the what, that, that was what okay. everybody agreed on, all is right. that we're gonna, they're going to go and meet at the pallet court because nobody yep. had any idea how long they're going to be gone. Yep. But I mean, realistically, it was as you guys had left the hideout, it was pr probably about quarter after three in the afternoon. Yeah. So, for, so from my pull, point of view, rest. it took an hour for Elbrum to get there. Yeah. Most of this stuff, like everywhere else, in my mind, closes at 6 p.m. Yep. So at, at some point, Ekmenis is going to get booted out of the library. Kalen can be at the river as long as he bloody well Likes. wants. Yep. But the thing is, is when, when Album arrived to where he needed to go, it was almost 5 p.m. He's not going to get booted out, though. That's not what they do. Hard to say. They're not going to. They're going to look at him and go, "Yeah, we're not putting you out. We're going to keep you. We're going to study you." <laughs> and if, and if, they may not I let him. Do, they may I not let him go. That. They I may like take that. him prisoner. I should really say, I should put that in Discord. Hey, Elbrum, you yeah. need to roll up a new character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor, poor bastard. Yeah. He'd be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Your, your character. Yeah. You are now. You have under now the, been You captured. are now under the knife. <laughs> or more that. Or more that he's like, they've. they've decided he's contagious or something. Yep. So he's not allowed out. So you've been kept so that you can't pollute the town. Yep. Or, yeah. Yep. And the thing is, too, is... Or like, you're the last living vestige of this particular society. Yep. Yep. And ultimately, too, that that is one of the things, too, is like I sit there and I also weigh how much time has passed. You guys are now all level five. And level five, I think, is like, what is it? 6,500 experience points. 
And, no idea. And to get to level six, it's like 14,000. So it's more than double what you have yeah. now. So getting to level six, and we've it's going to take we've a We've been doing, how long have we been out there? A week? It's a been, week, it's, you started July 1st. It is now July 18th. So we've done three weeks. Yep. 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 So that, that kind of reminds me a little bit of Jenny and how she'd been at one point, she was in a special room because she wanted to be pregnant. Oh God, I remember. Yeah. So she was in a special room, getting interrogated in the, the Dome of Bastet. And then, well, it, it was Ahit who rescued her. So there was at least some commonality between the NPCs between this campaign and, and the previous one. But anyways, it was very unexpected that Elbrum would want to go there. So I've got to specifically think now of what is going to happen with him. Because I had nothing, no clue of what the plan for that. And I was just like, yep, scene cut, you, had no, you meet this person. Hang on, you had no clue about the leaf? Oh, no, I, I have. I very, very, I know exactly what needs to happen with that leaf thing. But I had no idea that he would want to go to the main temple of Bastet. So what you're saying then is essentially that the leaf and the plot that went with it were going to stick with him, and he's just hit you with a zinger because he's gone to a place where they actually can cure it. It's the only place in the whole town, in the whole game, where this thing can be cured. And that it blows not, your that, plot out the window. No, that's not it. In fact, it is what is the significance of them becoming aware of what has happened. So that's, that's a problem. That's the problem, yeah. Ah. So if he'd went in a different direction... There is, what is the green leaf? There is that question. What the hell is going on there? There is that which you guys don't know. But if you now introduce it to the powers that be, what would they do knowing this? What would their situation be? Mm. This is kind of like Typhoid Mary. You know, I know I know the word Typhoid Mary, but I don't remember the story of Typhoid, typhoid Mary. Mary, she was a woman that went to New York. She had typhoid. She worked for as a cleaner, I think, for the upper echelons. Is it a real story? Yeah. And she oh, moved around infecting... I thought it was a fictional... No, moved around infecting everybody with typhoid. Oh, was, well, that's probably was where... a carrier. So, that's probably where all the business about... And, uh, and of course, typhoid yeah. was one of those things yeah. that when you've got a typhoid breakout, everybody freaks out. It's kind of like AIDS back in the, in the 70s. And yep. Yeah, we're all going to suddenly... And Ebola was it's another Ebola yeah, thing. Ebola, too. that's what I was thinking of, yeah. typhoid and Ebola. Anyway, so it's, it's Ebola in Africa, so he's suddenly... He's become the Ebola carrier. Yes. The one point here that I forgot to mention, going back, that I thought you might think was interesting was that Onka basically said, look, I've got some shit to take care of, mm-hmm. and i got to go and start taking care of that shit. So, look, if I need you, go to the Jubilant Nargile. That's where I'll leave my messages. <laughs> she said that, did she? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, the most overworked person in this whole game is the woman that runs the Jubilant Nargile. And you guys yeah. return to there. We and, just keep and going you're there, like, and she keeps looking at us going us? like, nah, sorry. I just loved it, because I was just like, you guys expecting that you're going to have a bunch of letters from who? And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, who would be writing to you guys at this moment? Like, Not so much letters, but like, you know, here's another little piece of information from one of your... Yeah. People that you've met along the way. Well, I mean, Not the, one of them has put pen to paper the, the to only, the only give people, us anything of any value. Well, the only thing that has come from it so far, from the whole leave it at the Jubilant Nargile, Nothing's was, come from it. Sure, Uther. He was hidden out beside it, and the alloy behind it. The private eye. The private eye he, that you paid to go and find Karima when you guys went off to the Pool of Bastet. Yeah, but he, didn't actually, pool, he wasn't actually doing anything there, was it? He was like, yeah. He was waiting for you guys. Yeah. Terrific. 
So he didn't yeah. feel comfortable leaving a message with Astra. So he sat in that alley waiting for I'm you gonna guys. I'm going to get a Gmail address for this. We can stop paying that woman in that cafe. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go, Gmail. Yeah. yeah. The great company at gmail.com. Thanks mm. very much. Just send, you, send it here. The great company. So yeah, there was that. And then, of course, ultimately, I wonder if we can get... you guys left, Karima basically said, I've got to go and check on Mistress Henna. And she wasn't keen on going back to the bronze spigot where her office was that had been ransacked. So she needed, she said, okay, I'll meet you guys. She had an agreement with Lieutenant. They're going to meet you back at your guys' apartment. So July 18th is Tuesday. So they're going to meet you back on July 20th in the morning. So Thursday morning, they're going to meet you back at your apartment. We may not be there. Hard to say. Depends on what happens at the pilot court. Pilot court. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what, what is going to happen there? Good question. We're going to meet the person in power that's behind all this. Uh, he's want, going you, to be the vizier. The lady of oh, the But everyone's going to be working for the vizier. And what we're going to find out <laughs> is that he's actually, he's actually crooked, but Mehmet doesn't know it yet. Yeah. That's, What's that's, going that's, on that's, with vizier Panashar? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the... Is he, is he the maker of laws? No. Oh, that's another one, isn't it? The Vizier Panishar. Yeah, he's one of the, on the Council of Sound. Actually, he's on the Council of Sound. Yeah. I've got it written down, but not with me. I have to actually look it up too. I thought Wise Keeper a, of Council. I thought there was another one that made the law, not him. There is Master Salwar Bashir, who's Keeper of the City. Yes, there yeah. is one that is the Keeper of Law, and yeah. I forget. It's a female. I think that's the half elf one. Okay, so it can't, because I said he was the, the person in charge, so. Uh, one of, so there's the four councillors on the Council of Sands. Yeah, so, but when you were saying before, the person that Mehmet, the group that now has a name. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever they were their, called. Their benefactor. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's driven by a male. And I'm not spilling the beans on that one. Yeah, you see, he and he could be crooked. That's the other thing, too. He could be the vizier, you see. And we already know the vizier mm. is crooked because we've decided that already. We've leapt to that conclusion. And so, yeah, that's... Mehmet's being led astray, even though he's really a good guy. <laughs> well, you know, that I guess that is ultimately the question. Because I think one of or, the... Or one, alternatively, the good guy could be the guy on the camel out the back end of nowhere. Justicar Lamasara is the keeper of law. But one of the guys was actually asking, I think that was Akmenos that was saying, asking the question about, well, is this person on the, on the up and up? And he was asking Karima. And Karima's like, everything you do, if you are a good person, you're doing because you believe it's the right thing. Is it really mm. the right thing? You will never know unless you're able to look at it from a much, much larger point of view. Yeah. At the moment when you're looking at it, this is the right thing to do. Finding the idol and the eye and destroying them is important because mm. who should have the power to control have we been, all have, cat people? Was it about destroy? Did we have to destroy them or deliver them? No. Deliver. We have to deliver. Like yes. the Grey Company has to deliver. Find the idol. For them to be yep. destroyed. Or we, we were not privy to that information. Nope. That's right. So you don't so, know. So we don't actually know. But we know, we know, we do know there are people that wanted to use them for their own benefit, not necessarily for the benefit of the, of well, the town. you got to remember, you knew that Hakan, of course, Hakan was after the eye because Hakan... I mean, well, he was after Mistress Hannah. And he, he wanted had to thing control the cats. Well, well never. He never knew. He never knew oh, what it was that Hannah was after. It, he only, think, yeah. he managed to kidnap Rahid and his girlfriend 
he ended up having the eye, and then by accident, he found out what it was because he attuned to it. Yeah. But he never cared about it. It was never important no, no, to but him. But he, he found it would control the cats. He found out that it controlled, it provided some semblance of control over the, the minor cats. Yeah. And the minor and the big cats. Yeah. Not any of the cat peoples. Is there anyone else? I thought someone else well, knew. Oh, someone, I, I don't the sanctuary in someone and of itself knew. is supposed to be, the growling sanctuary in and of itself, from what you guys learned from the scholar, is a part of the dark aspect of Bastet. So every but they god must know. Well, someone else That's, was looking for. Yeah, then that person must know what it does. Do you remember who? Who was asking about? Yeah, that's what that's my mind is going. I I know that there are people that know what it does, and that's why they want it. But well, there were when you who they were, and I thought there was I thought there was a couple of people that knew. I thought that there was In someone guys, on the. I, I thought there was someone on the Mehmet side that knew what it did. And I thought there was someone on the bad guy side that knew what it did. So, you know, when you met with Karima, you guys were having a conversation and you eventually, at one point you told her about your encounter with the Tuscali that you'd met in, in yeah. the hunt and what the people that the, the Tuscali were torturing. They so they had said they were asking about an idol. idol. So you'd heard that. And then Karima was like, shit she was trying to put some stuff together there because she knew stuff that you weren't aware of. And then she told you, well, there is an idol that might be related. I mean, there's the idol that's associated oh, with this. Could this be related? So there was that inference, but there's no other part no, to it. As well, you were when you were visiting with a heat and stuff like this, again, there was inference that they were aware of what you guys were doing. But what does that yeah. mean? Anyway. Yep. It doesn't matter. Our job is to find it, not necessarily to figure out At whether point, it gets you, destroyed or not. That's right. Although we do, we, we do know but that. But you do know. Oh, who was the, the, the princess who was sitting opposite when we first started? Oh, no, that was Hannah that said they got my eye. Yep. One of the people at one of the temples, the temple cat people, it might have been in the last game. Well, no, you guys were the only other thing where there's people who were clearly was of course the objects of power of cabal now you knew that nah, rakam and nagua were there and they wanted rakam wanted oh. to take the objects of power yeah, no, and stash them stuff. the minotaur that was another player that never lasted yeah. he wanted to destroy the objects of power yeah hazi was aware of the rod he was aware of them and he oh that he was wanted we've still got that on the list don't we well is that the, had we agreed to go Sarah, back? Sarah we was the lawyer. To go back and you guys told Sarah that you would meet up with him the next day oh, after, was... after you went to the pool of blood because you figured it would just take you guys a day, and you guys never showed up. That's right. And That's what you done, came yeah, back. We're doing you... the report at the Pellet Court, and then we are going to go and see the, the GFA about yeah getting rid of Hazi. Yep. We hadn't agreed. Did we agree to do that? He said he yes. I, we you, did you spoke to him. Because he said he was going to start drawing up a contract, and he would have a contract. Oh. It would take him a day and a half. So to we are committed together to doing that. Well, you haven't done anything. You haven't we signed haven't a contract. Signed yeah. He was creating a contract for it. Yeah. Okay. To deal with Hazi. That's right. So on our list of priorities, that sort of sits about number three, doesn't so, it? Get back the. But that was court, that was get the idol over a week ago. Yeah, we're a bit late at coming back, but again, it's it's about this whole thing of maintaining our commitments. You know, we say we're going to do something, we do something. We got delayed, that's fine. You know, there's not a lot we can do about that. Mm. But we did say we would go and see them. 
Bagger. Yep. And yeah, I'm not going to say much more about that because that potentially leads to other stuff that I've been thinking about. But and, and this 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 is the fun part is like when you guys go in these these freaking other directions, like Elbrum going to this temple, introduce something that I hadn't even considered thinking about. And like I said, most of it isn't me plotting and planning because I don't have time. I've got like a couple hours before session It's almost starts. as though we are our own worst enemy. In, in some cases, in some cases, like if you think about the if you think about Elbrum going wandering off to the Grand Temple, well, it makes sense it, to it, him, right? Because he wants yeah. he's like, what the hell? I got but, green, but it, green shit happening. But it wasn't planned. And there are two possible solutions. One is he gets instantly cured, and that's the end of it. And the other one is that whatever it was that you had planned but tied into something else has yep. to be reconfigured to tie into it. And every time we go <laughs> launching off in a direction you don't want us to go to, we force ourselves into another another journey, another thing that gets put on the list. Not necessarily because anyone wants it yeah. to be there. It's just, you did this, so therefore it got created. Well, and for me, the only thing that is important is that this whole campaign is built around the Tuscali incursion. And if I am not reminding you in some way that this should still be a focus for yeah. you so that all of a sudden now it's September and the world ends because you guys got distracted by other stuff, then part of that is my fault for not yeah. continuing that, those not, little subtle there's, reminders. There's not, I mean, we know that it's there, mm -hmm. uh, that the Tuscali incursion is an issue, but we're not getting any intelligence to say where or how or yeah. to manage it. None of that stuff is sort of filtering down. There are no incursions happening in town. Well, Nothing's coming remember, from Mehmet. We're not hearing any stories on the great course, fine. If, if you, if you, we if keep if going you, to the jubilant Nargila and no if, one leaves us all. And the thing is, too, as unknown people who are just like, all right, we're going to go and deal with this. We're a bunch of level ones. We're going to go and deal with the Tuscali incursion. All right, give us the information. Who the fuck are you guys? Yeah, it's like go you're not going to get given that. Yeah, no. But building up some renown and building up some name, yeah. all of a sudden, now you can come in, we're the great company. Perhaps then you can start getting some answers. I think the other issue with it too is that, that while that invasion is under control... Not invasion, incursion. incursion. While the incursion is under control with the general that's running around out in the bush somewhere, hmm. there is no reason for anyone to engage us in it. It's not like, they've, it's not like they're losing. The town's hmm. not actually losing yet. And there's not a lot of Toscali sort of popping up and going, here we are. And if there is stuff happening, mm. it's happening at a level that, you know, it's carefully covered up and we don't hear about. It's a, it's well, a, it's a... And on the side to that, what I like is that you ask this question, and just a few episodes ago we were discussing, although it ha the people haven't heard this, but you had been concerned that, well, maybe the Toscali aren't bad. Maybe the Toscali are, in fact, people who would have been turned into Toscali. Yeah, that was and what does that thing. mean? Yeah, Maybe they're not bad at all. And I was just like, I love these thoughts because every single thought is valid. Nothing is invalid until you can irrevocably prove yeah. what it is. That's the only plot line that I actually have some idea that has some solidity to me is who they are and what the hell it is that they're doing. Mm. But realistically, yeah, that's up to you guys to figure that out. And this is the one thing where I... I have no problem if you guys, if going to the Southern Fringe is of value to you because it's going to do something for you. I mean, the fact is Southlands is big. There's hives, yeah. there's Tuscali hives all over the Southlands. So what information do you have? What is the hive? What goes on there? 
what you guys do, where you guys do go, can anything, you solve everything in Provesta? Do we know anything about the Tuscali? Other than they raid and they kill? You know that 60 years ago, which this is the same thing, 60, when they 60, the... 60 years ago in our time, like you look at it, what do we know about World War One, World War Two? We know stuff. And yes, it's a focal point in history and stuff like this, but what do we really know? Same thing. Mostly what you know is what has been written down, and that's mm. all you really know. 60 years ago, there was an out-and-out invasion, and yeah. the some of Midgard do we... got together with Nuria Natal, mm. as well as some of the other nations in, in the Southlands, the, the continent, yeah. to repel it. That was 60 years ago. Do we know if they have towns or cities? Yes. Common knowledge would be that there are large hives throughout the Southlands. And you know, the funny thing is, too... Do we is, know if people ever go there? Like, has anyone I've, ever been there? You know what? Funny thing is, one of the guys on Twitter is from Cobalt Press, who has started to follow me. And oh, he's yeah. been chatting with me a little bit about the whole <laughs> Tuscully stuff now. And, oh, asked, no. and he was saying, have, has have anybody... Have we copyrighted any of this shit? No, he doing? was saying, have you had anybody do stuff like this? And I was just like, one guy was in some Tuscully tunnels, and he's got a lot of repressed memories. <laughs> And every <laughs> once in a while, something happens to bring some of those memories out. <laughs> and then how mm. he interprets that, well, that's up to the players. And so it was, it was pretty cool. Had a little bit of a conversation going with wow. uh, one of the guys from Cobalt Press. Have people gone to the hives? Would that like, be common if, knowledge? Well, let me think here. Sorry, the going and like, have they been? You, and if they've been, have they come back or have they never been seen again? No, you would be. It would be common knowledge that, yes, there are settlements around hives where there are human species around hives. That trade with them, that kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. So you, you actually have, like the Tuscali are not like a band of mindless, mon mindless Mongol warriors sweeping down from the north. They are, they are a hive mind, <laughs> so they are run by queens. That would be common knowledge. Yeah. The queens run them. They are still people but, that can think, but they will obey their queen. Yeah. But you could, one of the alternatives is to go and say, we don't know that there is a, t well, we think that the Tuscali incursion that we're seeing, yep, right, may not be an incursion as such. It could be. Well, they came it, into it the villages. Be, it, could be, it could be for a reason that they're doing this, and it could be because they're doing something to stop something happening that we don't know about or we haven't recognised or aren't aware of. And without sending a diplomat to go and talk to them and back-channel this thing, we actually don't really know what's going on. Yep. So have we... Has oh, anyone in the town... Has anyone in, in the city or in the nation actually tried to talk to them to go, you guys are getting a bit close or why are you running around in our land go back to your own. There's the border, stay on your side of it. That's something you guys haven't figured out yet. No, 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 no. My question is, has anyone in the town done that? So this would be a, well, it'd either be a quiet back-channel political thing. In other words, we won't know about it because we're, it's not going to make the front page of the paper. Mm. It's done, right? Or it will be Espionage. a Wilton Chamberlain, piece in our time, piece of paper as you get off the plane. Mm. So it, it could be that kind of thing. At this moment, you aren't aware of anything until, and perhaps as you continue to build renown, maybe you'll learn a little bit more. Maybe you'll start hearing some things. Because from my point of view, what is known and not known about what the incursion means, mm. I mean, clearly from a point of view, 
if you've got outlying villages that are part of your nation and all of a sudden the entire populace or a significant amount of the populace has been abducted because there's no evidence of death, then you've got to be like, well, what the hell's going on? So what are they going to do? And of course, 60 years ago, there was an out-and-out invasion. And so they are aware of that. So what would that mean? You guys can draw your own conclusions. It's a town that was next to the Red Lake. The Tuscali came, people disappeared, ran off into the bush and were never seen again. Others hid in the town. But they didn't destroy the town and they didn't destroy the people. They never destroyed any of the towns with no. the people. So, and we, we don't actually know that they kidnapped them. We know that people, we know from that instance, and I think that's the only one we know of, yep. is that those people went and hid in the bush. They didn't, they fled. Or they hid in their basements as well. They yeah. hid in some of their houses. Yeah. But we, we but don't... You do know that, that they that said they that they actually, lost more than half of their population. Yeah. But we don't know that they were taken away by the Tuscali. Well, like they had indicated... Were, were, there, were there witnesses that saw them being taken away? Or were there... In, in the refugee camp, because you were part of the refugee camp, you would have been talking to a lot of people, and you would have known that the majority of them said, yes, we witnessed... We never seen them kill, although people would lie and say, yes, they were killing left, right, and center... But what you would hear, the majority of what you would have heard is that they were taken away. They were being dragged away. That's what Mayor Grut, okay. I think that Grut was his name, and had we indicated saw, to what you did guys. We, see, we saw them, the people, there was the Tuscali thing where people were being, this is when I came up with this theory that Tuscali weren't bad. They were repurposing the people, they well, were killing them or something. They were turning people into Tuscali or something like that. Because we saw you that guys somewhere. were at the Pool of Blood, you'd met yeah. the Tuscali there, and... Some memories came back to Kalen of his time under the tunnels, oh, and he he told you he remembered some of the stuff yeah. he saw because you were like looking at hmm. the plates that they had been making and trying to ins- inserting into yeah. the, the, the into obvious, the pillars, yeah. and looking at the plates and looking at the exoskeleton that they had and that it was the similar material. Yeah, it was the same stuff that came up. Yeah, the so it reminded Kalen of some of the stuff that he seen when when he was within the tunnels. Mm. And how he had seen chambers where people were, or humanoids and animals were held. Do we do we know if the Tuscali are intelligent, or are they? No, yes, you more would. like it's common it, knowledge. It, they're all intelligence, although they are a hive mind. Yeah, so they're they're. I'm trying to relate this to like a bee structure, where a bee goes and does the job that it has to do, but without really thinking about what goes on you know collect the pollen come back to the hive they're not drones yeah they're not drones but other than that they are a hive mind and other than that they are an intelligent species mm. and you guys have heard patterned chatter coming from them that you didn't yeah, understand because it was Tuscali yeah. language that's what you know in terms of what is common knowledge other Can we than we learn Tuscali language is that is to that... learn a language in the D&D world is something no, that no, takes no, a no, year this is magically not... comprehend languages Yes, this is of course. A, yeah, okay. So we can... No, no, but no, I mean can as in is it known? Is the is the translation known from Tuscali to... Yeah. Yeah, okay. There would be some people who can speak Tuscali. Can do it. Yeah. yeah, okay. But the majority, those would be lay. It's a wide, low magic area. So, I mean, the reality is that diplomats would all have objects that would be like rods of comprehend languages so that they can... Yeah, I'm just wondering what, when, we, the when we hear them jittering away what they're saying to each other. The, pat- the, the words that they use when, they're, there's, when a there's a battle going you, on, you, you those recognize... words that they use would then 
you would be able to interpret those words yeah. to know whether they're and, intelligent. And, and that's why I had some of, guys, that kind of stuff. some of the checks I had you guys do with your perception was that the sounds being made were patterned, yeah. which indicated that they weren't just noises. You yeah. were able to oh, see being given that, instructions, that yeah. they were being given instructions. Yeah. And you'd seen smaller ones and, and larger ones yeah. and some that flew. And what does all that mean? Anyway, I think that that's probably good enough. We've chattered about it for quite a bit. But otherwise, this next session, I enjoy Like the battles, they take a couple of sessions for the battles to wrap up. But I enjoy the role play stuff that happens after. Like So I enjoyed last this past session basically because there was a lot of role playing, a lot of questions being asked and trying to have these conversations. So I enjoyed that because the people were very, very clear like, okay, this brings up some ideas for me. I'm going to go and pursue this. There so, is a real big downside to this, mm. and that is that we are not going to get to the pallet court for about a month. Well, no. I mean, the fact is, the, is the, and from the, my the, point of view, this is where I've got to nip some of that in the bud. Because there will be, there are six players. Yep. Five players. Five players. Odvik is gone now. And they are all in five different places following five different threads, right? And each of those conversations can go could easily take. A couple of hours of playing time, yeah. It, yeah. So, and we are we are literally looking at, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. I'm not suggesting this is a bad thing at all. But it is interesting that we've hit one of those points where, if ever there was a time where you would question, are the people engaged in the game? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And and the conversations that we have on a Saturday morning, when you compare those to what could happen in game time now, you could take. Elbram's leafy arm, that could go on for two or three hours, and the rest of us could sit around just being engrossed in the whole what's he thinking, the whole process. I was considering, because I'm moving this coming Thursday, I cancelled it. Thursday, yeah. I was sitting there thinking about, because I want you guys to get to the pilot court, I was sitting there thinking about putting a blurb in Discord for Elbram and for Akmenis. You've got a Rocky doing his own thing as well, like until, well, until you get. She did her thing with the armor yeah. and she's returning to the apartment. But on the way back, for example, to the pallet court, she could just, it'll be polished now. We'll just drop in now and bang, and there's another couple of hours done. <laughs> you know, and in the meantime, McManus is off praying to a, he's got a pull to go in the completely opposite direction. Well, here's my thought on it is everybody knows that it was agreed upon that you're going to go to the pallet court at 11 p.m. Yeah. The library is going to close at 6 p.m. So from my point of view, what can you learn in an hour at the library? And the library is enormous. But that's only one player. Yeah. Well, that's up to me to be able to say, yeah. you go there, you learn that there's some stuff there that is probably very interesting to you, but you know that you're going to have to come back another day because you don't have the time to peruse it yeah. that you need before you've got to meet to yeah. go to and the pallet court. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then you go to the pallet court and the next day, bang, they're off the library. That's it for a day. But it, the, the nice the, thing the is... Role play, the mm. role play for the next few episodes, until mm. we actually get to the pallet court, is going to be fascinating. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, it will. I, I it's, have it's no certainly, doubt about it. I, I, to be honest, I am glad that the move is kind of happening because it does give me a little bit more time to sit there and really think about, all right, so Elbrum has now introduced the leaf to these people. What does that mean? That yeah. Akmenis is actively looking how, how for will some they react information. Once, this is, once they've, you know, how, will, how are they going to react? Yep. And will they detain him? Will he be allowed to go? Will they fix it? 
Will I say we can't fix it? And there's been a lot of little things that have happened that I've that have been stuff that you've written down on your list and and things like this, like the Gert Balilu Lilus that were introduced very very early on. Yeah. And will they come in at some point, or should they come in? Because they were the peop- one of the few species that would still walk the streets of the hunt. Mm. Anyway. I, 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 yeah, one of the things I've got on my list is to actually set up shop in the hunt. Well, just one of the my, guys my, was... my feeling is like if we set up shop in the hunt, like that's <laughs> a place where you will be able to go and get whatever building you want. It'll be free. No one's going to be asking you for rent. What, one um, of the characters... You can live in the lap of luxury and people will get the message, you stay away from our place, otherwise you die. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Kalen or Oraki or Ekmenis. In this last session, they're like, oh, is that the guy that was at that place that you guys went to inside the hunt, that apothecary? And I was just like, pestering Heths? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that, it's got to be that guy. And they're like, no, no, you guys, so Kalidus and Elbrum should be able to tell you that that guy's dead. Yeah. And they don't know why, but they think that he was assassinated. Yeah. It's nice with the new characters. They've, I don't know, maybe they've listened to the podcast or something like this, so they know that something's going on, and they're, they're using that, and they're like, hey, wait a minute. So that, that's always kind of exciting. From an economical point of view, when you actually look at, at cities, and this is totally off topic, but when you look at cities, you'll find places like the Hunt have become that sort of sought-after area. You'll look at its location, and invariably it's that old run-down area that was near to the heart of the town. And you can walk in there and buy up real estate really cheaply and then you start developing your real estate and suddenly the so, value goes up. But this is one of those things. When you write a campaign setting, you introduce things that is wide open for a DM to interpret however yeah. they want. So why is the hunt empty? Why hasn't any... So Perbestet is old. It's a couple hundred years old, the city. Nobody's lived in the hunt for at least a hundred years. Why yeah. not? What is it about the hunt that people don't live... And that's well, my agency to go and do something. And, and one of the reasons why that happens is that if you look at the historical areas like Port Melbourne, for example, was exactly like that. It was the worker zone when, the sh- when all of the, everything came to Melbourne but by a ship. It was all loaded out of there. All the workers lived there. They were run-down little cottages. That's what they lived in. And what happened was the shipping stopped. The run-down little cottages fell into disrepair. It became an area that people didn't want to live in because it was ratty. The, most of the people that lived there were unemployed. The criminals tended to inhabit. That's where the you know, broad brush, when I say that, sorry to all the people that live in Port Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> the pubs and the hotels were where the underworld tended to hang out. And well, then, well, and this is the thing. And it stayed like that. And its reputation, you know, that was the reputation that it got. And then it stuck. And the reputation didn't go away for decades. And then people started moving in there and then developing it fixing up the houses, recognising that this area that was a, a, a dangerous area, in quotation marks, was an area that is three minutes from town. And so if you worked in town, living there was a great place to be. And the reality is things like that, figuring out, well, why is it that way and what's going on there, that in itself could be another full campaign in and of itself. And in this scenario, you're looking at it and saying it became that way decades ago. It has a reputation for being like that, but really, there is no reason for it. There's no, it's not as well, though there, there is, are gangs running the there street. There is. Ultimately, it's up to the DM to decide what it mm. is. And so, for example, because like you're right, why wouldn't a criminal element move in there? From my mind... Why I, wouldn't I, I, or I why have... have I have an idea they? why they wouldn't. So, I mean, Festering Heath, 
he was in the hunt, but he was on the very, very edge. But that's where it starts. That's where the the incursion into these areas starts. It starts on the borders of the the good area and the bad area. And what happens is that they someone moves into that border area, they fix up their property, and then they slowly move further and further in, and they push out. Except that's something that tends to be done in terms of years, not in terms of centuries. And why hasn't it happened? Because this has been without residents for over 100 years. But part of the reason that it doesn't happen is that people don't recognize, hang on a minute, we can do this. And that's why when you look at the... 100 years, though? That seems like a a long time for a place to be dead empty. New York. What do you mean, look at New York? Well, you look at the areas uh, surrounding New York that were... They'd be empty for a decade. No, no, no. But not, not, not centuries. No, 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 not empty. I'm talking about like the segregation that existed in areas. Sure. You know, you but could draw a line and, there. and... People live there. This yeah. is entirely devoid. It, people used to live there, but it's entirely devoid of human humanoid life. Well, I'm just trying to think of where I could find one of those. I don't think you could. Well, mm. actually, you could. In Turkey and in China, they have these cities that have been designed that are completely empty. They've yeah, been designed to build infrastructure. They've never had people in them. Yeah. Anyway, wrap it up there. Yeah. We've gone on now we'll for continue close this to two hours. conversation about cities oh, yeah. where we can find this stuff over a cup of tea. That's it for me. That's it for me too. Cheers. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week. 